Amen. Oh, that one. Amen. And just as um, Reverend Doug just shared, that scripture is a real part of the work that we do. You know, remembering those in prison as if we ourselves were in prison. Because for many of us, we probably never go to prison. But actually, they're believers who today are in prison because of their faith in Jesus. And I remember last month, we've been um, dramatizing actually the story of a guy called Peter Yasset. And some of you have heard of him, many probably haven't heard of Peter Yasset. But Peter Yasek was a Czech, or is a Czech national who was working for our sister organization called Voice of Matters Ministries. And they, and he was, while he was out in Sudan, supporting believers there, he was about to return back to the UK, not to the UK, but to the US where he was working. And he was arrested. And the charges against him were espionage, trumped-up charges. In fact, all he was doing was actually getting the stories of believers in Sudan and bringing it back to share with us around the world. And I remember meeting him not long after he came out of prison, because he was in prison for about a year. But one of the things that I, in seeing his life and his, his story, because we prayed a lot for him in that year, ourselves and so many around the world, we signed petitions on his behalf, we prayed. And one of the things that he said was how he could tell when people were praying. He just could tell. He was just like, there was something, made, he could tell. He says, I could just tell that people were praying. And I think one thing I want to encourage is that the real power of intercession, that prayer does change things. And um, in his book, he talks about how he was actually in prison with some ISIS um, officials who had been responsible for some of the killings of the Egyptian um, believers that we know of. And that was the moment he said that they were about to water bomb him. And water bombing is a water border, rather. It's a technique that is used to sort of drown people with water slowly. But he said in that instance, if not for God's intervention and if not for the prayers, and that's why he said he could always tell. He didn't quite have a cup, but he could sense. He was like, I could tell that people are praying. How God supernaturally saved him. Because if not for those prayers, he would have succumbed to that. Waterboarding, but by the grace of God and because of the power of prayers, a year later he was released. But when you see him, and I say I see this about so many people that have been through different situations, you never he doesn't look like, so to speak, what he's been through because of the grace of God and the power of prayer. And for some of you that don't know, release we work in about 25 countries around the world, raising awareness of global persecution of Christians. We 
prayerfully, pastorally support Christians that face persecution. We do that through providing them with the resources, with the tools. But also we pray because we know that prayer changes things. And that verse um, in Hebrews 13, verse 3, is a key one that we use at release. And I really encourage you to remember those who are in prison. Remember those who face persecution. Remember those who have left everything for the sake of the gospel. And in the nine, um, nine o'clock service, I shared a story of a gal, a 14-year-old gal, by the name of Leah Sharubu. And many of you probably haven't heard of her. But Leah, Leah was 14. And at the time, herself and a group of friends were all at school in a boarding school in northern Nigeria. And one night, Boko Haram had raided their school and taken away many of the girls that were there. And herself and a few, I think there were about 100 of, the, of, of girls, 100, about 100 girls, and, her friend, and some of her friends, like herself, were given this ultimatum, so to speak. You have a choice to make. Renounce Jesus and be free. But she made a decision. She said, I will not renounce Jesus. And today, sadly, she's still in captivity, four years old. And so I really encourage you to pray for people like Leah, and so many others who face persecution for the sake of the gospel. And I'm going to share about a project that we support in northern Nigeria, where they run trauma healing workshops. But just before I share that, I'm just going to share a little bit of, um, bit of background to that. So northern Nigeria especially is a country that has witnessed horrendous violence against Christians in the past few years. I mean, it's been going on, and the Archbishop of um, Joss that we partner with, he said is actually, he said the rates are the rates of a genocide. But it's been going on for about 20 years, coming up to 20 years, he says. So it's been going on for a long, long, long time. And the Islamic group Boko Haram has targeted Christians and churches in the north, so they've killed, they've um, set buildings alight, thousands have had to flee their homes and their land. But also, we also see Fulani Muslim herdsmen have attacked Christian communities in that part of northern Nigeria. And so the death toll of Christians, when you think of kidnappings, when you think of churches not being able to meet, and many more have lived with the trauma of seeing their loved ones killed or brutalized. And so our partner, Stefanos Foundation, but also Benjamin Kwashi and um, a few others, they're ministers out there, and they support in various ways. So they either support pastors to be able to equip them with tools that they need to go and preach the gospel. And I remember one of the ministers, he's um, Reverend Hassan John, and he was actually the one who reported when the Chibok girls were kidnapped. Many of us probably heard of the Chibok girls that were kidnapped um, some years back. And one of the things he said, he said, to be a minister in northern Nigeria is so different to any other country in the world. Because he said, not only do you have to know things like first aid, so if you're attacked or congregation, you can help them. But you also have to know how to 
um, pray, but you know how to witness to, you know, some of the Muslim members of the community that might have attacked them and still love them. But he said it's so different to anything that you ever experience anywhere in the world. But he said, yet we do not let fear stop us from preaching the gospel and from doing the work that we do. And so the project that they, they do there, they run uh, trauma healing workshops and they help Christians respond biblically in a Christ-like way to severe persecution. So the workshop helps victims who have experienced suffering and loss to express their pain, to face up to it and to bring it to Christ so that the feelings do not become buried deep within. Because it's so easy to see people that hate you, to want to hate them back and want to hurt them back. I mean, one of the, the ministers, he said there was a time some young people said, enough is enough, we're tired of the killing and we want an AK-45 or AK, whatever the number is, 47, to retaliate. But he said one of the things that he had to do was say to him, actually, taking up arms is not the best way. It's not Christ's way of dealing with it. And that's why they say, actually, the, the work and the ministry there is so much more different. But through the trauma healing workshops, what they do is they bring victims to a point where, by the grace of God, they're able to forgive those who have hurt them. Because in some cases, it's been children that their families have been killed. They really work through and help them to process that grief. And then they give them a foundation on which to rebuild their own lives. And actually, one of the families that had taken part in the trauma healing workshop was um, some of the girls that, that had been kidnapped. And the parents had blamed each other for the kidnap. They had said, oh, the, the wife had said to the husband, it's your fault, vice versa. But actually, through the trauma counseling workshop, they were able to understand that actually it wasn't any of them's fault. And it helped to restore their marriage. And that's one example of some of the projects that we um, support in northern Nigeria. But also they have a youth version of the workshop because, again, young people have seen some of the violence. They've seen their family members killed in some cases. And so one person who attended, a young person said, before I didn't know about the importance of forgiveness, but it made me realize that you need to. Because there's, there's this saying that forgiveness is like, unforgiveness rather, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to be hurt. To be hurt. But actually, through these trauma counseling workshops, in the name of Jesus, they're able to teach people to forgive and to have the hope that comes from the gospel of Jesus. And so that's one such project that we support in northern Nigeria. But I really encourage you, the things that you can do is one, you can sign up to receive our quarterly magazine. Um, and in there, it also has a prayer sheet where you can pray. Um, we request from believers that you can pray for them. Also, you can um, write letters to prisoners or you can write to your MPs. You can listen to our podcast. You can raise awareness about the injustices that takes place. And most importantly, may you learn lessons of discipleship from our brothers and sisters who face persecution for their faith. Because it's real. They, they have to, they give up everything for the sake of the gospel. And I want us to think, what's the cost for us of following Jesus? What's the cost for you? It might not be having to flee and leave everything. 
But what can he be in your setting? What can you do to follow Jesus? And so I encourage you today as you go about your day to remember those Christians daily in your prayers and think of ways that you can get alongside them and support them. Because sometimes it's easy to say, what can I do? Just me here. But we can. We can pray. We can give. We can share and raise awareness. But we can also read up more because we won't see this in regular news. But we can follow the work of release on their social media, on our social media, to find out a bit more. Thank you.